with Sarah Hendy. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fast am I and welcome along. This evening we're exploring Balaf Glen, the setting of On Ravensdale Hill, which is a glorious tale by poet Jackie Morrie Grace. Now we need to get our walking boots on as we venture into Balaf Glen with poet Jackie Morrie Grace, who's so captivated by its beauty that she was inspired to write a series of poems which together tell a haunting tale which she's named On Ravensdale Hill. Jackie and I wandered through the glen on a rather drizzly day and settled comfortably by the lake to talk about her new book. I started writing it back in 2017 uh, Tartar de Boo, which was my, uh, the one that I won the slam with in 2017, was actually the third poem I'd ever written. And I was inspired, um, I came here as, I, I'd been quite sick and I'd come here, I was kind of rehabil- rehabilitating. And I just, I, I, I don't even know where it came from, to be honest, it was one of those, I was actually walking higher from Balakob, uh, which is actually the scene of On Ravensdale Hill. And the words just came. And sometimes when you know when the words just come, you just know it's right. I did hone the poem a little bit when I got home, but it was pretty much all written up on Balakob. I think the thing I love about that is that it is quite remote. It's somewhere that not many people will walk because it's a steep hill. It's a little bit out of the way. Um, Yes, you know, I imagine people walk here through the Glen a fair bit, but it takes some real, real energy to get yourself to the top of Balakob. So I can imagine that's, even though you're out in the open, quite a secluded spot, quite a special little place. Yeah, and I, you know, walking for me has always been a big thing, you know, and when I was a kid, I was always a solitary walker. Um, I'd often put on headphones, but I mean, you know, this has been like my whole, well, since my adolescence. So for me, you know, it's a big deal, but also um, I used to do fell running, so that's how I know a lot of the the tracks around here. yeah, so getting to the, the top of Balakob was quite a big deal for me because I had been sick and I was actually struggling to walk and that was my, my issue. So I needed a lot of space, a lot of time to myself and I was enjoying walking again and I just started to explore and I've explored a lot of the Isle of Man and I don't know what it is about this particular glen. I, I honestly don't, but it just feels so magical to me. It's so special. There's so many tracks in it. I've walked all around. I've done a lot of Faulty Will. I've done a lot of Kringle, um, a lot of coastal walks, but I always seem to kind of come back to this one and um it, there's something special about the layout of it i think i don't know it's kind of in a valley but it's on different layers and there's so many secret little hidden trails all around uh, i mean i'm talking about actually balaf glen as well as as balakob that whole entire area and, and the big the big basin as well of the glen do and it's just i love that solitude but the other thing that i do when i'm out walking is um that's where i memorize all my poems so that's kind of might sound a bit strange but that that, that's just how it is you know i I like to memorize all my stuff because i like when i perform to not have to think to not have to read to not be you know encumbered with anything i can literally just be in the moment with it and my very first performances have always been around this glen so anybody who was walking behind me or you know they'd think i was completely mad but i I get into a zone so when I'm kind of out walking I just 
I, the poems come to me sometimes um, and sometimes they don't but often a first line will come to me and then a second line will come to me or and, and that's what, when I'm kind of creating obviously but when I'm memorising as well I might just be walking along and suddenly I start to maybe mumble the words of a, of a poem that I've written and I'll often find that something I've written has already kind of embedded in my head already and maybe I have it in my pocket as well and then I just find myself suddenly performing a poem Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking about, I, I can't describe it any other way. It's just uh, the the I go into a completely different zone. I'm in a completely different space. So when you're talking about it being very solitary, it's utterly magical because there's no one else around. There's only nature, but there's no time. Yeah. And I like living without time. And you know, I I think I have a very loose concept of time, and I can just be completely absorbed in this timelessness. And it's amazing. I mean, the therapeutic benefits are obviously incredible as well, but that's why it's so powerful. And I can do that anywhere in the art of man, but I just, I do come back to this Glen time and time again. Well, I can see exactly why you're drawn to it. It is, it's magical. I can't believe I've never been up here before. And I'm so grateful that, um, that I'm here with you in particular because of your connection to it. Um, I mean, you talked about, uh, there's several threads I want to explore um, from what you were just saying, but one of the things that occurred to me is you talk about memorising your poetry and your writings. How how do you approach music? Because as a musician, I wonder if it's a similar feeling where you, you want to have the, yes, the, the notations there, and it's kind of there as a backup, for you to, like bullet points almost, but I feel as though to perform confidently, to perform with energy and, and expression, you often have to get to a place where it's in you. It's something which is all, all like muscle memory. You don't have to, it's not part of your consciousness, it's a subconscious part of your performance. Would that be a fair thing to say? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, Oh, music, oh, that's an interesting thing, right? I mean, they say that being creative in one area helps creativity in other areas, and I think that's absolutely true. So my story with music is quite... Uh, is quite, I don't know how to explain it. Basically, I couldn't improvise or I couldn't play without music at all when I was younger. I had a real fear of it. So everything I play... You know, you're there and you, you know, you're know, grade 8 or whatever on certain instruments. People say, oh, play me something. And I couldn't mm-hmm. unless I had the music. And I used to watch people who were in bands or who... Um, you know, the, the folk bands and the fiddle players and everything. And, you know, I think, how did they do it, you know? And, and I never, ever felt like I was a musician. But when I was at university, I decided I wanted to be a music therapist. And and for that, you had to improvise, right? So I managed to somehow blag my way into Leeds Music College for my postgrad. And did I did pure jazz trombone, really. I mean, it had a, some fancy title, but it was basically postgrad in jazz trombone. And it nearly killed me. I found it so hard. Believe it or not, orally, I'm not very strong, you know, my, um, I'm more of, I I feel my way into things, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, I'm definitely not somebody who perceives things in terms of listening to stuff. So I find that really hard. And I worked really hard on that course. And I did it over two years. And then I trained as a music therapist. And then I carried on being a jazz musician, everything else. And it took a really long time. And it's taken me a long time to actually settle into being an improviser. And it was only after maybe it was a long break from being sick. And then I picked my trombone up again and found I could improvise completely naturally. And that, that was after having a period, a big break from actually even trying to do it. And it, 
it actually kind of came around the same time as the poetry mm-hmm. as well. So, but now when I play, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I do a lot of trombone improvisational stuff and it is a very similar but not identical feeling to doing the poetry. It's similar and I can't describe it as being anything else really. Mm. I go, but I do go into the same zone, yeah, so I can completely just be one with the, the instrument and not think and I think it's the not thinking that's yeah. the most important element of it. Yeah, I can see that and I think that your energy and your approach to um, your creative pursuits will be very inspiring for a lot of people um, because I think, yes, I think we've sort of, a lot of us have discovered new sort of threads of creativity in our lives um, through the pandemic but also I think it's it's left a lot of people quite unwell um, in so many different ways and it's a really it's a really wonderful thing to hear about your relationship with your creativity I mean this area has inspired you for so long how does it feel to be able to look at a book that you have created and these stories these feelings these emotions these these inspirations are all kind of tied up in a little bow almost how does how did that feel when you first saw the finished copy you know it's like a really big deal I think it's more of a big deal than I expected it to be because um as I all I really want to do at the minute I want to tie up a lot of my work because I've got absolutely tons of real work right but what I was finding myself doing is that finding I was always under pressure to create more and create more. And like maybe I'll put on an event and write something just for that event. And I'll put loads of effort into it and never perform it again. And I kind of hit a point where I thought this is like, this is ridiculous. You know, I've, rather than thinking I've got to keep creating, maybe I should just start actually giving form to what I've done. So when I yet to get the book is, um, I, I can't even describe it because it doesn't just bring the poem together it or consolidate it. It just... It's like putting a stake in history, you know. <laughs> I know it sounds really dramatic, no, no, right? It's... You know, it, it, it sounds like it, it's, um, I don't know, over the top or whatever. But it is a big thing because it's a very personal thing, writing as well, you know. And also, when you create something, it often doesn't come together. It, you know, you often don't understand what it's all about yourself until you've actually completed it. Mm-hmm. I think completion is so important you know so, so yeah a really big deal I, I am proud of it I'm not going to say I'm not proud of it you know I'm really proud of it because I mean I only started writing um poetry four years ago and it came as a surprise I, poetry came overnight I've never written poetry really before that you know I didn't think I was a poet and so it it's quite an incredible thing to have reached this level of it not at all no 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 I think the artist's life is in constant pursuit of perfection and I think if we ever admit that we feel like we've got something right it can feel you know I suppose yeah especially when we're British humility is a very valued quality so it feels it does it I I can understand it feels all sorts of strange to kind of say that you're pleased with something but I think it's a very healthy thing something about the book which I mean as soon as you started posting on Instagram um with these images they just got me I think as you say different creative pursuits help other areas of creativity and I can see that happening you've I mean in my opinion you've got such a natural way with lines and form and when I saw you posting these drawings you'd done of the ravens and of the of a wren as well which I just thought was gorgeous they just have they just have a life of their own you've got so much energy in there what got you into the drawing 
and how does that feel compared to the the music the poetry what does this bring to you because I think it's something that a lot of people will enjoy I think um drawing's always been a mystery to me you know I mean I when I my husband is an artist he's a visual artist and when I say to him or said to him I can't draw he'd go of course you can draw and I was like no no I really can't draw I don't actually know how, you know my daughter's an artist as well she draws beautifully but I, I just couldn't work out how people actually did it and I don't know how I started I just everything I do is always like it just happens do you know what yeah. I mean I can't kind of like think oh I'm going to do this next it just something happens uh, some kind of idea will happen inside my head and I think oh I'll go and do that and then, and I, I just got in one night, I think I'd had a band rehearsal or something, and I just had this massive urge to do some line drawings, and I don't even know why I had it, just I'm going to do it. And I did it, and they were a bit scrappy the first few that I did, but then I did a couple, and I was like, oh god, they actually look all right, those, you know? And then every so often I would just get an urge to do it again so that's where they kind of came but also I did want the books illustrated uh, and I asked a friend and she said Jackie do it yourself you know and I was like I can't draw and she said well learn to draw do it yourself and I thought I would like to because you know the other thing is when you're trying to explain anything you do creatively most people are quite visual you know and so it's much easier to explain stuff if you have visuals to go alongside it and anyway so just long story short basically I started doing it and a few things worked out. A lot didn't work out. A lot went in the bin. Like an <laughs> awful lot. Do. We <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably more than most people. But, um, and, and it, took, it meant it took absolutely ages to finish formatting the book because I was thinking, oh, I'll do another one. And then I'd sit down and it'd all be rubbish, you know. And then and I was kind of, they might just be flukes, to be honest, Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> and, they were, and they're not great, you know. They, they are literally just scrappy things that I just kind of scribbled down. Um, but it's been a big deal to me because now I'm, I'm finding a different outlook because I think as well I got a bit thick with words you know because I suddenly was doing copywriting as well and I was like oh great I can just write all the time and instead I felt a bit overwhelmed and suddenly it took the joy out of it and I found I wasn't writing any creative writing I was just doing other stuff so to me it's a new hobby and it's something that is it's just a hobby you know and, and I can just pick it up and I can drop it and I've got no there's nothing I'm doing it for it's just a bit of fun but also you know there's so much in there to explore isn't there you know so I've started looking at watercolors which I'm not very good at and it, you know again it's like it's like uncovering all these different layers of, of um you know different ways to create and uh, yeah I just think it, it's just going deeper inside the creative muse really which is is an incredible place to be to me it sounds as though this is something which would not have happened had you not had that break from performing found this openness to experimenting and improvising because what you're doing essentially is playing it sounds as though beforehand you were quite I mean we're all perfectionists in one way or another but it sounds as though you were tied to the notation tied to the paper because I suppose it it feels like you're playing it doesn't belong to you you want to get it right it's um your interpretation of someone else's creation and so I can see why you'd feel tied to that but it sounds as though after that break you started to play like experiment and that opened up this whole this talent that you didn't know you had and then the drawing it sounds as though it's a similar approach it's experimenting it's trying something and perhaps that's why, I mean, again, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree with me, perhaps that's why it works so well, because it's free, it's 
expressive you've really captured the essence of something there and i think that that's not something you necessarily achieve through constant study or um putting pressure on yourself it's something very very natural yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head actually play i absolutely think that's totally true you know i'm a big fan of play i'm a big fan of having fun and enjoying yourself and just and playing and experimenting and I, I, I think that's exactly where it's at, you know, I mean, um, and also removing the expectations, which is very hard. That's a really hard thing to do. And that's something that, to be honest, you know, initially with poetry, I didn't have any expectations and it just came. And then over the pandemic in particular, I had really severe writer's block because it was expectation. You know, you start yeah. to look back at other stuff and you think, how on earth did I write that? And then you just can't do it, you know, and... Um, I now, I think because I do writing all the time, I don't have the block thing so much. I can write stuff when I want to write it. But I, you know, having that, that moment of inspiration when something just comes to you, I think you need to actually have the space to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. It's something which can't be contrived. And I feel again with like doing drawing and stuff, um, that's helping me find a different space for doing that. And I know the writings, just recently I've started, I've got to finish my novels, right? I've got two novels, I've got to finish those novels, yeah. And they're going on for years now. But I've started to feel, I, I can't, how do you, I don't know how do you describe the creativity. I've started to feel ideas and feelings kind of, they flow around the back of my head and yes, I can't yeah. really describe where it is, but it's like, it's always a feeling that I get. You know, I mean, in, in On Ravensdale Hill, I talk about Caseus, who's the wren. And really that sense of Caseus, Caseus is just like an energy, which, you know, that's, that's like a real thing, which, which I sometimes feel is that energy, you know, yeah. and, but I don't always feel it, you know, but when I do, it generally comes and it, I do feel it sometimes on my shoulder, in my hand or around the back of my head. Yeah. And then that's where the ideas come from. Yeah. So the visuals I've applied to this, trying to interpret like trying yeah get on board with exactly what you're saying because i can feel it it's almost like i hope this doesn't sound too minging there's like wool growing in the back of your mind there's wool that grows and it grows and grows and grows and if it gets too busy it can be really hard to unscramble and so that's why we keep creating but through creating what you kind of do is spin the thread and you spin the thread and they're the ideas and then you weave them into your creation and that comes in any any which way and something that mira royal said to me once was um about her writing and when she's composing she can't just sit down and start composing she has to find some kind of lead into that creative zone which for her was like collage and she said they were just like fun sort of silly things really yeah yeah and she would yeah exactly so she would start her day she'd have a cup of tea and then she'd sit down and start doing some collaging and then she'd get into that flow and after an hour or so she'd feel she'd feel ready to start doing the music stuff because she needed something gentler to ease her into that yeah to sort of I don't know get her in the right zone I suppose it sounds like you're describing a very similar kind of thing yes and so my thing for that I do I do like mood boards and stuff like that is it's movement Mm. actually and how do I even describe that I don't know I mean um 
movement is like a really integral part of getting the ideas going rhythm so maybe it would be like um well i don't even know how to describe it but rhythm is one way that i kind of get inside if you look at my words people say to me i should be a natural rapper because my words are very rhythmical and i'm not a natural rapper i can't because my words don't fit into that kind of yeah. they don't fit into that, that that you kind of create your own beat don't you yeah and it's not a four four thing you know yeah. it's, it's just it's it's I don't know it's all over the place but um <clears throat> yeah so if I if I'm stuck I'm stuck you know if I can't create I can't create but sometimes if I put on music and then try and write to music or I can't I can't describe it so something's a wordless yeah. there must be a word for something being wordless right there has to be I'll look it up yeah but but rhythm and movement are integral to my creativity and how I feel things and where like words come from or ideas come from but also space you know and that's what brings us back to the, the Glen again is walking walking's a very rhythmical thing um and also reciting poems when you're walking might sound mental but it's actually a very rhythmical thing because the sway of your body the movement the interaction you have with the the landscape it's all part of it's all movement so it's all creating some kind of rhythm where whether it's like a as you say a four four um mm -hmm. beat or not if you're writing your own time signature it's even in how you've laid out your poetry it is it's a it's a path it's a it's a walk it's a a rhythm all of its own i can see i can see that connection and some of the poems are actually uh there's one about you know Casey seren and it's uh, i mean when i wrote the book so i didn't write the book i wrote some poems when i was walking around the glen and then i went to storytelling club and i said you know what and this was when i was feeling it i was really feeling like that muse thing really strong i said i've got these poems i had about five and i said I just feel there's a story in there and I'm going to put it together into a story and I, I kind of delivered all the poems and then um, and then I did, I went away and actually Ravensdale Hill, after that I think I, I wrote all the filling bits and I altered a few of the poems as well and I think I did it in, in only a few days Gosh. yeah, because it was there, it was yeah. already there but the whole thing is, is a story, it's, there's lots of walking through the glen you know there's things, finding things in the wood and all this kind of stuff, you know it is all influenced by the rhythms and the patterns and the timelessness of, of this glen. And it was a really precious way it came together because when I wrote my next epic, which is going to be coming out soon, that took me about three months. <laughs> so, I mean, but this is why this one is kind of, I think it's really special to me because it came together so well and it all seemed to make sense to me. It didn't make sense to anybody else, but it did make sense to me. And it, it had this pattern within it that was, um, you know, it, it, it seemed to have its own structure. It seemed to, to what's the word it can give birth to itself almost yeah. yeah well they gain their own momentum don't they yeah, your projects yeah. you kind of and it also sounds like accumulated work over a period of time which you kind of don't realize what you've achieved until you stop and you go oh heck i've got a whole collection of poems here i'm so grateful to jackie for sharing this hidden little gem with me we didn't make it up to balacob this time but i promise we will one day and also it felt so healthy to talk about those feelings around achievement i think it's far too easy to go from project to project without stopping for breath. And I think that when we reach those milestones, like publishing your first collection of poetry, for example, it must feel like getting to the top of Balakob and you definitely deserve a biscuit and a rest and a moment to enjoy the view. Now, before we get too carried away being philosophical, if you want to get your paws on a copy of this magical book, get in touch with Jackie through Facebook at J. Murray Grace Creative 
and copywriter or on her Instagram page, which is at Jackie's Wicked Rhymes. Now, I've just got time to tell you that if you're wondering what to do with your weekend, head south. Artfest Part 1 is taking place at three different hubs around Castletown, at the Old Grammar School, at the Engine House and at Poolvash Limestone Workshops, where you'll also find a whole host of artists celebrating Mural Fest. That's right, friends. I think if you go along, you'll recognise some of the work from a wall near you. You can find out all the information you need at creativenetwork.im. Now that's all we have time for this week. Next Wednesday at six, join Beth Espy for a special programme focusing on accessibility ahead of the general election. I'll be back in two weeks' time with more creative news from around the island and further afield. So until then, slang you. <laughs>